After 30 books, seven TV series, two decades of barbecue university classes, 60 countries and 60 continents traveled, one might wonder, what else can Stephen Reichland possibly say about grilling? Hey, it's Arrow inside the LA Productions.us studio, unplugged and totally uncut with the man that's got cutting-edge techniques and sizzling recipes from the caveman porterhouse to salt slab brownie s'mores, Stephen Reichlin. Man, I'll, I'll tell you what, you've released this book at the perfect time, man. I mean, right before the big summer kickoff and we're ready to rock and roll on, on, on those uh, fire cookers, man. Absolutely. Well, uh, barbecue, May is National Barbecue Month and uh, we've got to get ready. Dude, you said barbecue. That's that's a southern word, man. You you say barbecue. We're ready to throw down a party here in the south. Do do we cook differently or grill differently here in the south compared to the rest of the nation? Well, you do. And actually, when you speak of live fire cooking in the south, what you're talking about primarily is barbecue. That is working indirectly, low and slow with a lot of wood smoke. Uh, southern barbecue would be epitomized by pulled pork sh- shoulder or ribs. Uh, up in the north where I am and uh, out on the east coast and west coast, when we speak of live fire cooking, what we have in mind is grilling, not, uh, not barbecue. And that's the subject of uh, the new book, Project Fire. Very good. Morning, Stephen. This is Liberty Bill, amateur smoker on a limited budget. Curious some thoughts you would have <laughs> as I look to get going here. Okay, uh, so w- what is your particular question? I don't have any equipment, and I'd like to start smoking some meats, but I'm an amateur and don't have a lot of disposable income at the moment. All right, here's what you need. Uh, pick yourself up a Weber kettle grill. A uh, hundred bucks will get you the basic. Uh, you can smoke on it. You can grill on it. You can even do caveman grilling on it. It's uh, almost the perfect tool, and... Uh, it's super affordable. I'm, I'm glad you brought up caveman because I thought for sure you were going to say go out and get a couple of rocks and just go ahead and heat those rocks up and start cooking that meat. No, but if you guys look at the cover of the book, you will see a gorgeous Bible-thick T-bone steak. Hey, yes, we do. Nestled not on the grill grate, but actually resting right on the embers. I like to uh, call it caveman grilling. The grilling is done actually right on the coals. It gives you an incomparable crust and smoky flavor. The book we're talking about is Project Fire. This book right here is more than just a man cave style book. There's a lot of women that are going to be tapping into this because, you know, bragging rights don't all belong to the guys nowadays, dude. Uh, that is certainly true. In fact, as you travel around Planet Barbecue, in many countries, it's the women who wear the, uh, <laughs> uh, who, who hold the tongue. But, uh, you know, there's a lot more in Project Fire than just meat. In fact, the largest chapter in the book is a vegetable chapter. Uh, we've got vegetables from all, grilled vegetables from all over the world. Uh, you'll find the opening chapter is on uh, breakfast hits the grill. So you learn how to grill eggs, uh, grill breakfast burgers, and even grill a bacon and egg quesadilla. Wow, that sounds great. Um, Hi, this is Dr. Sharon. I'm curious to know, as an educator, I looked for different ways to incorporate um, occupations into what I teach. How have you leveraged your different skill sets in writing and mathematics to be able to come up with this book and actually excel in the world of cooking? Wow, well, what an interesting question. So, uh, first of all, in terms of the science behind grilling, because there is a lot, 
you need to understand the, uh, the physics of science. You need to understand the key temperatures for grilling. For example, 160 degrees is where you want to take burgers and uh, sausages for food safe uh, delivery. 165 degrees for chicken. Uh, 205 degrees for brisket, for ribs. Uh, those are important to get that melting, luscious texture. And in this scientific study... You know, Oh, no, you continue, please. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, I'm, I'm you set up your grill. And in setting up your grill, uh, you know, we've got five basic methods of grilling, direct grilling, indirect grilling. And where you position the coals uh, has a great impact on the final, what you cook and how you cook it. I'll tell you, this This book needs to be at Camping World and all places where RVers go because it, it's no longer about just, you know, putting a, a meat or even veggies out there on that fire anymore because those guys are bringing some top-notch grills with them. Uh, absolutely. You know, I guess another point I'd like to make is that you don't need to buy a $5,000 stainless steel gas super grill to be a master griller. You know, a hibachi is a very inexpensive grill. Uh, likewise, a, uh, a Weber kettle grill. But if you do want to go high end, you know, there's some amazing tri-fuel grills out there that burn gas, charcoal, and wood simultaneously. Wood grills, Komodo-style cookers uh, that you can use for smoking as well as grilling. Tremendous versatility. A lot of a lot of people who are who are moving into this because I mean it's every every day you hear people that are really starting to pick up grilling and stuff like that. Alcohol seems to be a major part of of what they're putting inside their their sauces and everything. Do you do you see that as as adding to it or is it like ah you don't need that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, well, well, first of all, you know, grilling is geographic. It's local. And in wine-producing areas, which include France and Italy, of course, and also California, very often wines enter marinades. In be- and uh, a great example of that is a wine-marinated flank steak in the meat chapter of Project Fire. In areas where beer is the beverage of choice, uh, you will find beer marinated food, uh, foods basted with beer. Um, even these uh, beer can uh, breakfast burgers where you mold uh, breakfast sausage around the bottom of beer candy, create a cup-shaped burger that you can then fill with eggs and cheese. <laughs> what are your thoughts on infrared you grills? Hun- you guys hungry yet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. By the way, guys, speaking of, speaking of uh, alcohol, I would be remiss if I did not mention that in Project Fire there are two grilled cocktails. Two. One is a sangria where you grill the citrus fruit first, uh, crust it with sugar and grill it. So that gives you this wonderful smoky caramel flavor. And the other is a grilled peach bellini. It's uh, a grilled mm. peaches and uh, sparkling wine. That's pretty awesome, too. And, you know, I'd like to mention my website, which is barbecuebible.com. That's B-A-R-B-E-C-U-E-B-I-B-L-E.com. That's a great resource. You can sign up for my free Up and Smoke newsletter. Uh, find a lot of these techniques explained in great depth with photos on the website. We are certainly hungry. How do you feel about infrared grills and their ability to savor the flavor, if you will? 
Well, I like infrared grills for searing. Just for your listeners that may not know what they are, they're grills that have a honeycomb uh, mesh over the uh, the fire. So they put out a tremendous amount of heat, infrared heat. And they're great for searing steaks, uh, searing chops, uh, good for vegetables. Uh, you know, I think... I like a I like a grill that has an infrared sear burner. So that gives you a little bit more versatility than just a straight infrared grill. But you know, at my house I probably own a dozen grills, so I'm a great advocate of multiple grill ownership. So I'm curious, you know, you mentioned this a little bit about how the differences between grilling in the north versus in the south. What do you think about really striving to buy local products and local vegetables, et cetera, to um, really elevate what you're cooking in your particular region? Super important to me. I always say, remember, uh, you, the where your food comes from matters as how much uh, matters how much as uh, how you grill it and. Personally, I always use grill with wild seafood, organic vegetables and poultry. I try and use grass-fed beef. I shop my farmer's markets. And you'll find in my recipes that, you know, very often I'll say if you can't get this, get that. The most important thing is that you use fresh and local. Man, what, what is one of the co- most common mistakes that we're doing? Because I, I guess I, mine is, is that I like to cook it too quickly. And I need to just mellow out and let time take its course. Well, timing and patience are very important. Uh, Another mistake is to overcrowd your grill grate. You know, I always uh, leave 25% of my grill grate food free. That way, if I get flare-ups, I have room to maneuver. If every square inch of your grill grate is covered with food, you know, you get a flare-up, you're dead. Wow. The name of the book is Project Fire. This summer, we're going to see you on Project Smoke. Dude, you, you are a genius, and I'm glad you've got, I love your website, Barbecue Bible. I mean, it's, it's incredible, man. Well, thank you very much. And by the way, there's a new show called Project Fire, which launches on PBS on Memorial Day. So check it out.